Welcome. I am Aaron Giesbrecht, head QB trainer and owner of Big Air Academy, located in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And you are tuned in to my podcast called Talking QBs with Coach Gies, a podcast dedicated to the Canadian quarterback and offensive football. And today on our ninth episode, we're hunting quarterbacks with defensive end from the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Mr. Mason Bennett. How's it going, Mason? Good. How you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Cool, cool. So let's get right into it, man. Um, take me back to draft day, the emotions maybe leading up to uh, before you were selected. W- what was going on? Yeah, well, leading up was wild, I guess you could say. Um, it was uh, kind of beginning of much of COVID here, and um, I was down in Minneapolis training. Gyms got shut down. Pro days got canceled. Kind of got told to you know do as much as you can, and hopefully – even have NFL workouts, CFL workouts, CFL combine, stuff like that. All of that got canceled. Um, was told um, to possibly look at getting an undrafted uh, contract with an NFL team. Okay. That didn't happen. And then uh, CFL day came, and I uh, was super pumped, you know, hoping to hear my name as early as possible. And uh, luckily, that came pretty quick at uh, what the number eight pick that Hamilton took me at. And, uh, you know, it was crazy. One thing I didn't know what the CFL draft was, they call you after you get drafted. Okay. So, and I was in the States at the time, and uh, I guess the connection I had was a little delayed. Sure. And I was on Zoom with my mom, grandpa, and girlfriend, mm-hmm. and my grandpa's connection was way ahead, and mine was about a minute behind. <laughs> and every time my grandpa would be like, oh, yeah, I see you got named Bennett. I'm like, no, grandpa, that's not me. I haven't gotten my phone call yet. Um, and he goes, no, it says Mason Bennett, drafted by Hamilton, number eight. I go, uh, I think I was going to something wrong here. Maybe it's like a prediction type thing, but right. no, I came about a minute later, saw my name, and I was like, yeah, Grandpa, you're right, just to get drafted. So Mom was super happy. Um, obviously, I was super happy, too, to finally hear my name get called. Um, and then obviously, got then got the call, um, which was a surprise to me, but it was nice to hear the coach's voice and tell me that I've been selected. But it was a crazy process leading up to that, um, but I'm very thankful for it. That's such a cool experience, man. I can't imagine what it was like for, for you and your family and close friends, you know, when you were selected by Hamilton with the number eight pick. That's uh that's a pretty awesome, yeah. uh, pretty awesome experience no, for you. It was an exciting time. An exciting time. Cool, man. Okay, well, getting into our drive starter here for the first quarter. Mason, can you take me through, you know, the mental components of breaking a huddle and lining up against an offensive tackle? What's going on yeah. through your mind? What are you looking at? You know, kind of going to maybe pass or, or uh, run. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like I said, I learned a lot through UD, through my coaches there. But um, there's little things like that. Um, changes week to week. Um, so it kind of depends on who you're playing, big offensive linemen, small offensive linemen, triple option team, stuff like that. So it kind of depends on week to week, but pretty much those basic things, you know, stance, down, distance, tendencies, and things like that. Yeah, so there's a lot to go into it. But specifically in terms of down yeah. and distance, how do, you, how do you approach, you know, just a regular first and 10 in the middle of the field compared to, let's say, you know, a second and long where, where you got them pinned deep. Yeah, you know, definitely that play pretty honest. Um, you know, kind of have that even stance with the defensive end. Don't want to be too long or too short. You know, got to get ready to play a little bit of play action or inside zone, outside zone, stuff like that. So, um, you know, my coach and my DC always told me, you know, on those downs, I kind of played honest and kind of expect a little bit of everything. So, mm-hmm. um, kind of, kind of got to keep a, keep an even base and stuff like that. So. How about uh, in terms of your collegiate career, who were some of the more difficult QBs that you had to face that were, that were hard to sack? Um, I think the first hardest quarterback I ever had to sack was Tyler Helmley from uh, University of Utah. Yeah. Now uh, Lamar Jackson is a uh, backup QB. 
for Baltimore there. Um, he was like a six foot three, two ten type guy. I'm sure he ran a four five, mm-hmm. high four four type guy, but um, he's really good in the pocket. Was really good at not getting sacked, and then if you got out of the pocket, well, he he was most likely gone running for a minimum of fifteen every time. Um, so I think we actually did sack him about four times that game, um, which was decent. But um, yeah, no, I think that was probably the first hardest quarterback where I was like, geez, this is what it's like, you know, playing at the next level, playing against a Pac-12 team too. It's my first time. Right. Um, so that was kind of really interesting. Um, and I think playing those um Pac-12 teams usually really kind of the hardest QB to sack. You know, they're more kind of the uh, spread teams that like to pass the ball off. So they're either getting out really quick or, like I said, got to tire how to run around and then throw deep. So I think those Pac-12 teams are probably the hardest QBs that have to stack. Wow, that's uh, that must have been a cool experience playing some of those Pac-12 teams. Yeah, how- Washington was sick. It was like 77,000 people there. So that was, that was crazy. Wow, that's insane. So speaking of your, you know, UND career, are there some, you know, more memorable moments you had, big plays that you make that kind of stick out in your in your head? Yeah, I think either my first sack against Stony Brook and my first ever game um, was probably my one of my first big ones. Um, it was against a left tackle who ended up going in like the third round in the draft that year. Okay. I was only about 225-pound DM my freshman year at the time, so I was pretty excited when I got a sack against him in my first ever game. Um and then kind of this play that um, kind of circulates a lot of me, um, just blowing through a running back and hitting the QB on it. I think it was like third and 11 or something like that, so I knew it was going to be passed. Um, and then I had a one-on-one with the running back, and I just, just blew him up and didn't let, him even, didn't let him touch me and then kind of threw the QB down, and it was pretty pumped. So I think either of those two plays are pretty exciting. Uh, I think the first one probably a little bit more just because my first ever sack, and yeah. I can't even believe what happened. I remember standing up thinking, oh, my gosh, I just got a sack in my first ever game. That's so uh, I think I have that my most my most memorable my probably my favorite. Very cool. That's outstanding. Uh, there's a couple of local coaches I was talking to a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I guess one of them had seen you. They came down for a UND game, and he was he was talking about how explosive you were off the line, and just how uh, he didn't anticipate that you were uh, as quick off the ball as you were, and as as explosive, and just kind of you know causing havoc. So uh, you know that speaks to your play. Back at it with Coach Gies and Mason Bennett. So, Mason, you started playing football when you were a young guy for the Fort Gary Lions. Can you can you take us through, you know, your football background and, and all the places that you played up until now? Yeah, definitely. So, started with the Fort Gary Lions. Um, I was six years old, so I believe that's the first year you can start playing football in Manitoba. Wow. Um, you know, that was back in the days when the helmet was bigger than your body and, <laughs> you know, you were kind of like a little bobblehead running around there. But... Um, you know, played there for about six years after that, okay. um, all the way up until I could, until I went to high school. But I mean, it was a great experience playing over in Fort Gary. Um, you know, obviously we had like the big barbecues and stuff like that. And yeah. Kind of those memories are the ones that stick with you. And you know, it was kind of the beginning of, I guess, my football career, and also like meeting a lot of friends and teammates that kind of helped me propel my way into the pros. Now, mm-hmm. so it was a really exciting time. Um, you know, I still talk to my friends and my teammates that I played with, and. You know, my mom's friends with their parents and stuff like that. So right. it's just a total awesome experience. So um, you know, I'm very thankful what uh, the Fort Gary Lions gave to me. Actually, my last year in Fort Gary, I remember uh, a guy uh, named uh, Kelsey, Kelsey McKay, Coach McKay, mm-hmm. came by one of our practices. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I got high school coaches here. That's crazy. He's watching us practice. It was crazy. 
And then he, uh, Coach McKay came and saw me work out at McDowell's gym um, one time, too. I remember he had, he had his hat on, glasses on, and it was just arms crossed, staring <laughs> at me. You know, you know the Coach McKay uh, death stare. Yeah. Uh, so that's when I first met Coach McKay. And um, obviously, I was one of Massey. It was uh, high school in my area. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it was, you know, kind of just a great experience, you know, starting off Coach McKay there. Um, and then got me to Massey. Um, started as a little JV guy. It was I looked big on the field at the time, but I remember at the time I was I didn't realize I was that big of a guy. <laughs> and I remember I had this huge, huge Rebel three sixty helmet. Yeah. Kind of bumped back down to the Terminator Terminator days with the Fort Carey Lions. <laughs> um but um, you know, it was great. Like I said, all the friends that I kinda of played with in the Fort Carey Lions were similar and close to the same guys I played with in high school too. So right. it was a lot of fun my first year. I didn't really know a lot about football. I was kinda of still more in that phase when you know, you're just running around, you know, and looking at plays in practice, and then you don't really understand the game as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, kind of progressing to my grade 11 year, and it was kind of when I started to step up, you know, hit the gym in the off season, um, you know, kind of pump a little bit of muscle there. Um, you know, still at the time, I remember thinking, and I still just want to get bigger. I don't feel big out there yet. Okay. Um, I'm sure I didn't feel that big playing against guys like Ray Cruz and David Thieves at the time and Noah Wilson. Right. Well, my grade 11 year, we had guys that were just freak athletes, especially in high school. Now looking back at it, you know, those guys were crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, grade 11 learned a lot. I was a younger guy on the D-line. Um, Noah um, kind of you know, took me under his wing and taught me a lot about football. And, you know, we were talking the other day about him getting a Hamilton jersey, so that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, you know, we did great defense. Chase Stevenson, a linebacker, you know, he was an all-province uh, all type guy. Um, you know, we had a, we had a lot of deep depth that year, and it was just mm-hmm. great. Um, it was helping me transition to my senior year, where um, you know, obviously, um, I voted the captain, which I was really happy about. Um, you know, kind of like I said, you know, progressing a little bit of the off season every year, getting back in the gym, learning more about the game. You know, I think my grade eleven going into my grade twelve year was the year Coach McKay kind of brought in the team workouts and stuff like that. Okay. So you know, I started going to the hill down on White Ridge, doing the you know hill sprints and lunges and i'm sure everything coach and Kay learned learned about so i um, mean it was great high school learned a lot about football um learned about, the, about being a man in the community and stuff like that you know coach mckay coach johnson all the coaches i had obviously coach keys um you know helped me progress um so much in my football for my football career and just my football mind and you know i'm really thankful for what massey gave me it was a lot of fun playing high school football with uh, all those great coaches and teammates yeah, I agree, man. It's such a good program. I, you know, I was fortunate to coach uh, on staff in 2012 for your JV year and then your first uh, your first year in varsity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was talking to, I uh, had Andre Duick on at a previous episode and, and actually off camera, we were talking about just the, the coolness of like how Coach oh, McKay yeah. really cares about like the look of the team, like the matte black helmets, yeah. the multiple Nike jerseys, right? Like, you know, I think I think a lot about about that and like how just as a player, how appealing that is, and how guys would want to play for you. You know, to wear those cool uniforms and as coaches, Definitely. we were getting cool gear all the time. And like, you know, I I felt oh, yeah. well appreciated. Like it, it was an awesome, awesome experience. So, you know, um, yeah, no, that was great. Yeah, you know, I agree. I remember uh, we got the Matt Black on in my grade eleven year. Yeah, and I remember coming in and. Uh, I remember coming into the classroom and putting on all the face masks and helping Coach McKay and all the coaches, you know, put that on. You know, we were so excited just to, um, you know, go out there and, you know, rep Massey. And like like you said, we had like three different jerseys. Yeah. We had hoodies, sweats, shirts, anything you could think of. You know, we were repping it all day and it was, it was a lot of fun. It definitely made it easier to go to practice and obviously play those games. So 
definitely thankful for uh, Coach McKay uh, being on that side of the Twig team. Yeah, yeah. no, he made he definitely makes it big time. It's awesome. <laughs> You know, speaking yeah. of speaking of your you know playing days at Vincent Massey, you you played both offensive line and defensive line. You know, I'm interested yeah. in into you know obviously now you're you're a defensive end, and, but you know those days of playing on the offensive line, do you think that that helped your growth? You know, in, just in terms of your knowledge, and then in terms of maybe how to attack an offensive line and knowing what you know. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I remember um, freshman year, Coach Johnson told me I was going to be playing a little bit of O line. I was. Little has been the first. Uh-huh. Um, I think the last time I played on the offensive side of the ball was my first year at the Fort Erie Lions. So I was a running back. Okay. So I think I was a little, a little nervous to play on that side of the ball. I don't know why at the time, but um, you know it was, it was challenging. You know, I remember running down from D-line drills to Coach Johnson drills with the bags mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and speaking so exhausted. But um, after my first year, you know, I loved it. I remember even telling my mom that oh, I can actually see myself transitioning to a permanent left tackle right. <laughs> if I was able to put the weight, but. Um, yeah, after that first year, I loved it. Um, and then obviously, um, going against guys like uh, David Steves and Ray Cruz in practice, that definitely made me a better offensive lineman. It also taught me on the defensive side of the ball of, you know, what I can do to be an offensive lineman if he does that and vice versa, right? So yeah. um, it definitely taught me a lot. Um, I, I ended up loving him playing left tackle. And then obviously going on the other side of the ball, kind of thinking, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, I already know what he's going to do. I know how to beat that if he's going to take a deep step or jump set, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So playing left tackle definitely helped me a lot. Um, and then even transitioning to college, you know, thinking about, oh, I see a guy doing that on the offensive side of the ball. I remember doing that. And I remember, I remember getting taught how to beat that in high school and how to beat that if I was an offensive lineman and vice versa against a defensive end. So that definitely helped me too. Um, and the kind of learning tendencies, learning the offensive schemes, that was probably the biggest part about it. Mm-hmm. Um, going to college, you know, you have to understand the offense of the ball, how to write guys in, write, write draw plays and stuff like that. And that helped me probably the most. Um, so that definitely gave me an advantage over um, some guys that didn't play both sides of the ball. So, right. no, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot and it definitely helped me as a defensive, defensive guy. And then through that process of playing high school, you were uh... – you played some provincial team. Uh, talk talk about that experience. Yeah, so I ended up playing my first year of U16. Um, played the second year that I could with U16. It was a lot of fun. She was actually in Winnipeg. That was Red River Cup. Okay. So um, I remember it was blistering hot out. We were playing at those side fields down at the U of M by the indoor there. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was a lot of fun. Like I said, there was two U16 teams that year, so it was kind of fun when we got to play against each other. It was like an east and a west team, so it was a little bit of competition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had some teams coming in from Saskatchewan, BC. Um, I think we actually ended up losing the championship game that year against, I want to say, Alberta. Okay. Um, and it was a lot of fun, though. Like I said, you know, met a lot of guys in the football community, um, coaches and player-wise. And then, you know, transitioning into my my first year of U18, um, I actually wasn't – I actually didn't make the team originally. And the day before we left um, – Coach called me and said that, you know, I've just been working hard and he, he can't stand to leave me behind. So I was ended up making the team a day before we left to the to the um, Canada Cup. Wow, that's that one was out Yeah, it was crazy. So packed my bags really quick. <laughs> Mom drove me to the airport in the morning and I was off. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, that was that was kind of the first time I remember seeing how the competition level can really, really elevate. Um, playing against guys from Ontario, Alberta, and BC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they play some serious couple out there too, right? So it was nice kind of um, getting some big competition out there with the Manitoba guys on my side. Um, and then going into my last year, um, it was probably the most experienced year I had. 
Um, I wasn't even a starter that year, but we ended up having an injury to start in the end position in the first game, which then I became a starter. Okay. Um, played a lot of football, um, got a few sacks, had some good stats that year, and then um, ended up getting a concussion in our last game. And I remember just being so mad at myself for not being able to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, you know, that first year of U18 when I didn't actually make it. And I ended up making it, and then I was on the team now. I wasn't a starter, but then I got a lot of playing time. So it was kind of, kind of upsetting I didn't get to finish. But, um, you know, it ended on a good note. Ended up making the all-star team that year for U18 and then getting voted into uh, play for Team Canada. So, Yeah, and, and speaking of Team Canada, what was that experience like? There's not, there's not a lot of people that get to, uh, you know, play for their country on a national level and, and play in a big tournament. Where, where was that tournament that year, and uh, what were some of the teams that you played against? Yeah, that was in um, Arlington, Texas. Um, that was a lot of fun, too. Um, stayed at a really nice hotel. Um, got some really nice gear. Um, obviously, I was expecting it. We having Coach McKay behind <laughs> me for the last three years. <laughs> but, um, you were spoiled. Yeah, no, that was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Playing with guys um, all across Canada was a lot of fun. Um, I knew actually quite a bit of guys because we were doing summer camps that year for um, CIS teams. Okay. So a lot of guys were doing those camps were and getting selected for Team Canada too. So I knew most of them. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool being able to play an actual game with them. But um, we ended up playing ended up playing one game. It was against Team USA. Um, which was a lot of fun. QB was Dwayne Haskins. Wow. Um, they had yeah they had Trayvon Diggs. Um, he's the corner now for the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, Stephon Diggs' little brother. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on that team. And then I remember their whole O line was just committed to like SEC Big Ten teams. And I guess that was the first the first moment where I realized I could go down and play in the States. You know, I always wanted to, mm-hmm. but, you know, obviously kind of in the back of the head, you know, those are the big Americans down there and stuff like that. But I remember on the first play, I went against a guy that was like committed to Ole Miss or something. And, you know, it was just another day of football, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I think that gave me a ton of confidence. Um, I ended up getting a sack against Dwayne Haskins that game, so that was pretty cool. Um, we ended up actually beating them by, like, three touchdowns, so... We beat them pretty badly. Um, and, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I had great coaches, learned a lot. Um, a lot of CIS coaches, too. It kind of, I think, helped me propel myself to the next level. So, you know, I'm really thankful for that, even after getting my concussion in the Canada Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, playing that game. So, no, very really blessed. I was able to play in that game and learn lots. And it was a lot of fun meeting uh, new guys, new new coaches. So, I can't believe you sacked Dwayne Haskins, man. That's unreal. Yeah, it was wild. He was he was not as big as he was right now, but he was definitely a big guy back then. I remember reading their um their roster and it was guys just guys committed to everywhere. And at the time he was actually committed to Maryland. He wasn't even committed to Ohio okay. State. Um but yeah, I think we had like six sacks on that game. It was crazy. We, no, we beat them pretty bad, so it definitely gave me a lot of confidence going into U and D. For sure. Back at it with defensive end Mason Bennett from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So Mason, back uh, back in the day when I was playing high school football, my uh, my parents were awesome. They always uh, signed me up every summer. I think from the time I was in grade nine to grade twelve for the uh, UND football camp, uh, the first week of July. So every summer we would go out there. My dad would drive me and, and a couple other teammates, and we'd go out there, and I got to experience that football camp and be out on the turf in the, in the, on the old outdoor field there. I don't know if you guys use that oh, at yeah. all anymore, but uh, that's yeah, where it was. Memorial field. Yeah. Memorial field. I always remember the turf being so prickly. Like when we were like stretching oh, yeah. and stuff, it was like cutting my legs. Like I remember it was so prickly. 
But uh, tearing down a stadium right now. Are they? Not right now. Well, they're building it. They're converting it into like a Starbucks, oh, wow. um, Chick Fil A, and uh, Panda <laughs> Express. That's <laughs> sorry to hear that. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, so yeah, so I, I, I experienced the, the campus a little bit and just some of the coaches and there's some of the coaches are, are still on staff, which is pretty cool. But uh, my grade 12 year, I was uh, sort of lightly recruited uh, a little bit. Uh, but uh, I, I always really thought that it was an awesome school and, and the experience of going to those camps was pretty cool. Um, what was the uh, recruiting process like for you uh, during your high school years going through, you know, keeping your grades up, you know, having to take SATs, you know, uh, talking to multiple schools, making decisions. What was that whole experience like, Mason? Yeah, so the recruiting process was crazy in high school. Um, I think it kind of started with me making the provincial team, um, talking to Canadian schools at the time. And, you know, I remember um, during the provincial team, they would have like a big convention where every coach would have a little booth set up and yeah. you got their car and talked about football a little bit and kind of just a little intro talks with them there. Um, but I guess going talking to the U.S. schools is a little bit different. Obviously, you couldn't go into the person unless you're going to a camp or stuff like that. Um, I remember in my grade 11 year, you know, I was sending out at least, I would say, 10 to 15 emails at the night, um, tweeting at coaches, um, DMing coaches who followed me back if they followed me back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also setting up for websites like um, Top Prospects Canada, um, NCSA was another was an American one who – kind of helps you write emails and stuff like that. Um, so there's a lot of those. Um, I remember I always wanted to get a Division One uh, letter in the mail. Okay. And for like months and months and months, I never got one. And I finally got one. Uh, unfortunately, it was from a school just a few miles down south from where I played at UND. Okay. Um, so at the time, it was exciting. Not so much anymore. Yeah. But I got a letter from them. And, you know, I started rolling in, you know, got UND letters. Um, I guess the, the emails and tweets that I sent off finally got noticed a little bit. Um, just a little intro letters to kind of introduce themselves. Um, and then, you know, you start to get the camp invites, um, which I was privileged enough to get a camp invite to UND and NDSU. Um, attended those. Um, that's where I received both my scholarships. My first one was to NDSU. Um, I actually went to that. That was almost like the July camp you went to in UND. Okay. Um, so we came before, went to NDSU, two-day two camp. Three-day camp, actually, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, really intense. Ended up getting a partial scholarship um, offered on that Sunday right before um, practice ended. Super excited to finally get, you know, that first Division One offer. Um, and then a week later, went to the UND camp, um, got a partial scholarship offer, again, from UND. Mm-hmm. Um, I was super excited to get my second one. And then, um, you know, uh, kept getting letters in the mail from teams like Wyoming. Um, talked to Buffalo a little bit. Um, it was, I guess it was more important from the time, I guess, for grades and stuff like that wise, not so much the actual football. Um, you know, high school was extremely tough for me. I don't know. I just had a really hard head, you know, it wasn't a big classroom guy. Um, you know, coaching Katie, coach Johnson, those guys really got on me. Um, I had sit downs with my mom and the coaches and teachers, um, you know, and kind of helped me just, just get through high school, just enough mm-hmm. to get into colleges in the States. But, um, you know, learned about taking the SAT, ACT, stuff like that, um, which I'd never heard of before until my uh, grade 12 year. Um, took both, took the SAT. That was a really difficult one. Um, ended up taking the ACT twice and getting finally getting a good enough score to get into UND, um, which obviously I was committed to at the time then. 
Right. Um, yeah, it was a long process. You know, like I said, starting with the 7 p.m. to realizing I didn't have good enough grades, had to work my butt off to get good grades, and then taking the SAT and ACT twice. It was a huge struggle. It was a huge grind, but that's pretty much part of the football life, right? So um, it really helped me get prepared for um, college and kind of that college lifestyle. So um, challenging, but really fun. Well, that's excellent insight into, you know, kind of the back work that it takes to get to where you want to go, right? Um, yeah, definitely. You know, in, in terms of the transition, then graduating your grade 12 year in Canada, going to college in the States in the fall, uh, you know, it's not far, but, uh, you know, it's a different country and the culture is a little bit different. Uh, the football is a little bit different, obviously. Uh, what was that uh, transition like for you just initially getting on campus? Yeah, so I was extremely nervous to move away. Um, I've been with my mom my whole life, and you know, although I was only moving two hours south, you know, I felt like I was thousands, thousands of miles away. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, football culture-wise, I remember my very first meeting. I was like three minutes early. And I remember walking in, and the auditorium was filled already with their team, and everyone staring at me. I'm thinking, oh, did I do something wrong? Like, why not supposed to wearing this? I don't know. <laughs> and I remember, um, coach coming in. He's saying. You know, if you're not five minutes early here, you're late. Okay. And I realized, oh, I was just late for my very first college meeting. Um, so I think that was the last the last time I was ever late for a meeting in my five four and a half years there. Um, yeah, no, that kind of started off with everything, you know, kind of learning how, you know, five minutes early is considered late. Well, that transition used to be on the field on time, speaking on class in time, um, sitting at the front of the classroom. Um, speaking in the classroom, I'd actually like my second week of class is my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so tired from fall, my very first fall camp, just starting uh, class in college. And I remember being so tired. And I had my headphones in. I fell asleep. Next thing I know, I was getting tapped on the head by my professor, um, realizing I fell asleep in my very first uh, college class. Even <laughs> that day in practice, getting called up in front of the team. I guess the professor had emailed Coach Schweiger. And I got called out in front of the team for sleeping in class. I think that was the last time in college where I ever, my name was mentioned in a negative way because I <laughs> never want to experience that again. Um, I had to come in like 6 a.m. the next day to pick up garbage in the parking lot. Um, wow. That was my punishment and do my homework in the coach's office. But um, transitioning wasn't that hard. Um, living in the dorm was a lot of fun. Met a lot of close friends there. Um, Brady and I, another Winnipeg guy, we got yeah. made fun of so much for being Canadian. <laughs> I don't know, Americans had this huge just hate for us. The way we spoke, the way we walked, the way we ate, everything was always getting discussed. Um, but, you know, now those guys that made fun of me are my best friends, right? So right. it was just a lot of fun. Um, transitioning, like I said, it wasn't that hard. Obviously, um, you got to be committed day and night. Um, waking up for 6 a.m. fresh and weights, going right to – um, right to class, sometimes not even getting breakfast, going to then a practice or a lift, another practice, another lift, and then having about two hours to do homework and then doing it all over again. And I remember it was mentally exhausting more than anything my freshman year, I think. Um, I'd also gotten hurt that year too, so it's, okay. that didn't help. Um, but they're really good at helping freshmen transition, obviously through classrooms and um, stuff like that. I actually ended up getting on a roll. Um, oh, wow my two semesters there i i have no idea how <laughs> i mean, no sense. i had really gotten the uni stuff let alone get honor roll so i was really excited for that um like i said they help you transition really easily i think that kind of helped um 
you know, me in the weight room, me in the classroom, and me on the field too. So um, it wasn't overly hard, but it was a challenge at the same time. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine that that was, uh, you know, pretty cool and pretty fun, and but also scary at the same time. So exactly. yeah. in terms of your UND career, you said you were there for four and a half years. You know, you know, what are some of the more pivotal moments? Not necessarily football related, but but they could be. But what are some of the more pivotal things that stick out to you in your time there? Um, I have to go with probably my 2016 year. Um, I think we started the year out um, 0-2. We lost to Bowling Green, which was kind of our like big FBS game of the year. Mm-hmm. We lost to them on like the last drive of the game um scotty miller the receiver for the bucks yeah he was their their receiver at the time he had like three touchdowns on us like cool. 250 receiving just killed us so we started the season out 0 and two and then from there i ended up going nine and zero. um first games against south dakota um qb was chris Strebler. um we went like double overtime with them that was our first win the season and kind of kicked off that year um i remember coming to UND. our goal was to always First made to the playoffs, then we win a playoff game. Well, us going nine and zero, we got a first round, um, first round bid of the playoffs. Our first round bye, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we won the conference championship. That was a huge goal of ours. Um, it was super exciting. Like I said, started the season out really bad. Zero and two, we're like, oh man, here we go. And then going nine and zero, winning out, um, winning the conference championship, UND's first division one um, conference championship, um, and then unfortunately we lost in the playoffs. To, uh, Richmond uh, team on the in Virginia, um, but that has been probably my most fun year in college by far. Um, you know, it's just nine weeks of winning. You can't really complain about that. Yeah. Um, it was always everyone was happy. It was no problem going to meetings, no problem going to practice. Everybody was happy, and coaches were happy, and mm-hmm. you know, we just enjoyed playing football. We enjoyed going to class. You know, it was. I feel like nothing could nothing could bring you down, right? So, right. 2016 it was probably my most fun and um, probably my best year at UND too. Obviously, we won the conference championship, but that's definitely a memorable time at UND that I like to share. Yeah, very cool. You know, and then, mm-hmm. you know, speaking of something super cool, you know, that I think is you uh, you ended your career as uh, in the Division One era as UND's all time sack leader. How, how does that feel? Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I think my first year I only had like two or three sacks. Um, and then, you know, second year, like six or seven sacks. So just leading up a little more. And then junior year, um, kind of exploded and had 10 and a half sacks, which actually set UND's single season sack record, wow. which before that was held by our defensive coordinator, Coach Schmidt. So that was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> you know, kind of racing him. We always joked about, you know, when I was one away, if he would only put me on first down, not give me <laughs> third down. <laughs> Stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, and eventually that year, broke the record that year. And then senior season, I think I was only about six or seven away or five five or six away from the all-time Division One sack record. Um, I think I got two or three, got hurt oh, with a, basically a season-ending injury, came back four weeks later, um, got like two sacks when I first came back, two sacks um, second game back, and was fortunate to – Got like one more in our last playoff game, which ended up making me break that all-time sack record. So um, it was super exciting. I remember getting my injury and thinking, man, you know, I just ruined my NFL opportunities, my CFL opportunities, and not getting the record. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I got that record, you know, it kind of made me feel like I could, I could go shoot for any goal, right? Yeah. 
So definitely helped me uh, mentally. Um, it was super exciting. Um, got to share that moment with my teammates. I think our linebacker actually broke the all-time tackle record that game too. Okay. And our QB broke the all-time passing record. And wow. all three of us were roommates. Wow, that's so we insane. All broke, yeah, we all broke a record that game. So it was – although we lost that last game, it was a nice way to go out, you know, kind yeah. of set up with my guys. So, you know, it was really, really honored to be able to, to do that. That's yeah, very, very cool, man. Now, my last question here for the third quarter is, you know, um, you were obviously growing up, grew up in Canada playing the Canadian game. Then you go to UND, and obviously it's American football, so you know you lose the uh, the yard off the ball, and and now you're in the CFL and you're getting the yard back. So, uh, yeah. tell me about the perspective of that, of just as a defensive lineman, what's the difference between having that yard and not having that yard in your eyes? Um, definitely, it has its pros and negatives. Um, you know, obviously in the pass game, you know, it kind of gives you just that little bit more leeway to, you know, use some speed around the edge. Um, I remember like my first year at UND, my coach always be like, Mason, move up, move up the ball a little bit. You know, we're not in Canada anymore. Right. I always felt like I had to be back a little bit. And I remember yeah. probably after my first year is when I finally realized, oh my gosh, I can be so close to this guy and I'm still not offside, right? Right. So when I finally learned that, that's kind of when I kind of started to learn like utilize my speed a little bit more and trust my speed because I could get around the guys a lot easier. But at the same time in the run game, those guys are right in your face, right? So they're mm-hmm. right able to take one or two steps and they're right on your shoulder pads, already got you locked out. So like I said, it has its um pros and negatives, but um, you know, transitioning to the CFL now, you know, you kinda of gotta they're even back a little bit more too, right? 'Cause they play almost like the center's hit. Yeah. So it's almost like a yard half ish in the CFL. So Definitely a little bit more speed to power, I believe, that those guys like to use. Um, but in the run game, you know, that definitely gives me more of a shot, you know, to get my hands inside and get my two steps down and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So definitely has ups and downs, but, um, you know, either way, um, I don't think it's much of a problem. Um, I don't even remember being much of a problem in high school and then going down in the U.S. Like I said, I didn't even realize for a full year how close I could be. Yeah. So I'm sure for my first for a little bit here, I'm sure my coach will be telling me to move back a little bit, <laughs> just for first couple of practices. But after that, you know, I'm sure I'll get used to it. Back at it with Coach Gies and Mason Bennett for the fourth quarter. So, Mason, you were drafted by Hamilton with the eighth overall pick in the 2020 draft in the middle of the pandemic. You know, obviously the CFL wasn't a go, you know, Locally here, we weren't able to play football either. What were you able to accomplish in 2020 in the face of the pandemic? Yeah, um, when I first got drafted by Hamilton, obviously, you know, we, we were questioning if we were going to be able to play. Um, you know, they gave me access to the film room on the laptop, so I was able to do that. I'm at least got mentally ready. Um, but I remember I was in Grand Force at the time, and I was doing get dogs in the hallway, um, doing stairs for cardio. Gyms were shut down there too. And, Obviously, you can't go outside when it's uh, a lot of time there. Right. Um, so I started with that in the beginning of the year. Um, and I was given the opportunity to go down to Texas and play in the spring league after the CFL season was canceled. Um, so I got to go do that. That was awesome. Um, met some really good guys there. A lot of guys who are now in the CFL too. So hopefully play against those guys this, this next upcoming fall. Mm-hmm. Um, great coaches. Learned a lot. Of, actually, the same coaches as the Houston um, XFL team. So I believe they went like eight and zero, and they had that QB who got signed to the Panthers. And, yeah. Um. So they're a really good team. 
Um, learned a lot. I had really good coaches, like I said. Um, my D-line coach got drafted like in the first round back in the day. Um, that was really nice to learn from him. Really, really, really old school guys. So got to learn, you know, kind of the old school type defensive end, um, power rush type guy. So Technique, yeah. that was really cool. Um, and yeah, you know, we guys on our team from like Ole Miss, and um, we were going against. I was going against guys that played at Georgia, um, Louisville, a big SEC team. So. Cool. Um, and then also CFL guys. I believe the starting quarterback for Toronto was there. We actually played against them in uh, my second game. So that really helped me, I think, prepared for my upcoming CFL season. Um, unfortunately, you know, we didn't play in the CFL last year. But, you know, hopefully we can get things going here and, and can uh, get my rookie season on, on board. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how about in terms of, like, your training? Is there anything specific you're working on right now to improve your game? Um, I think just be explosive as possible. Um, I think training right now is a little bit different compared to the college. You know, we were always looking heavy four times a week, even in the season. And, you know, um, now in the pros, you know, it's more, you know, it's your job to take care of your body, yeah. your job to eat healthy, stuff like that, that um, I I guess you and you really helped me transition to. Um, so I think it's more like bad work, stuff like that. Not so much, you know, throw four or five on your back and, you know, squatting as many times as you want, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. Um, you know, lots of like yoga, Pilates, stuff like that, um, just to you know, get your body as loose as possible, as flexible as possible. And it's not so much, you know, who is the strongest guy out there, you know, who is the more athletic, who is the guy that bent the most, stuff like that. So, um, you know, I think just transitioning to that in the past year has been really helpful. And um, kind of made it easier, you know, doing it from home. You know, you can just go on YouTube nowadays and mm-hmm. search up, you know, a yoga class and stuff like that. So, you know, doing that in my spare time just to, you know, help my body is any way I can. Um, leading up to my rookie season here um, has been something that I've been trying to do. Um, and then obviously, opening, when, I think gyms are actually opening up pretty soon here in Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, so I can get back in an actual gym um, and um, get some stuff going here. Oh, that'll be excellent. And, and a good job of just keeping, you know, keeping up with what you could do at home, right? Like you said, I yeah, mean, exactly. you can only do so much, but uh, all that stuff is, is good stuff, staying limber. Um, yeah. You know, Mason, growing up, I'm interested – you know, was there a was there a certain defensive end or edge rusher that you know growing up that was like your favorite to watch on TV? Um, I definitely had a couple. Um, you know, obviously uh, seeing a guy like Israel Donjé come out of Winnipeg, right. um, and playing them big leagues, and you know, um, almost winning the Super Bowl. Um, you know, it was just really cool for a Winnipeg kid to see another Winnipeg guy be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I had his jersey. Um, my mom and I drove down to uh, Minneapolis to watch him play in the old bike stadium, which was super cool. cool. Um, he gave me his glove. It was just a really sweet um, interaction that I got really, at a really young age, which I think, you know, helped me appreciate the game a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but a guy that I love to watch by far is Julius Peppers. Um, he's a huge guy. Like, I think he's like 6'7". He's an absolute monster of a DN. But, you know, um, Carolina would have him shot back in the coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, cover running back from the flats, and then you know him off the edge was just a, he was a nemesis back in the day. And I remember looking at him; he just looked so much bigger than everybody. Um, and you know, I kind of wanted to I wanted to compare my game to his, but at the time, yeah. you know, being a guy with a big ball head on those top. But <laughs> uh, you know, those two guys I love watching. Um, they play a little bit of a different type of DN style, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I, I kind of um, you know I was able to use that towards my game in the future. So, you know, watching those guys. Um, play was, was really cool as a young Very cool. So this weekend uh, is the Super Bowl, and uh, mm-hmm. both defenses have have some pretty stellar guys. 
you know, I'm interested. Yeah. Who do you think, uh, who do you think is going to be the impact players for maybe one from either team in the game coming up this weekend, Mason? Um, for Kansas city, I definitely think, um, either guy, Chris Jones or Frank Clark, mm-hmm. um, Frank, Frank Clark was a guy that actually, um, I had to do him as a project in college and I had to kind of similar games and show what we do there. Similar, uh, I mean, the run and pass game. Um, okay. we both were number 55 and we both were at the same long It's kind of weird. And, um, even a scout compared me to him. You know, he's like six, three and a half, two sixty, or pretty much the same weight. Mm-hmm. We look the same in the football uniform, so it's pretty cool. Cool. Um, but he's super good in the pass, super quick, and then he's really underrated in the run game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, Chris Jones is a huge body interior there. You know, he just blows up any guard, can get through to any guy. And I think him and Tom Brady have a little bit of uh, a little bit of on the field beef. So okay, I think that'll be that'll be pretty cool to watch. And then um, on the Buck side. Definitely uh, JPP, um, just uh, just a legend at Edge. You know, I remember watching him as the Giants, and mm-hmm. he was just a beast. Um, and now with the Bucks, um, kind of like kind of like the Yoda like DNs right now. You know, the old okay. guy's been around for a while. Still super good at it. Just knows the game so much. Um, you know, love watching him. He destroyed um, Aaron Rodgers a couple times mm-hmm. two weeks ago here. Yes, he, he was just a nemesis to go against. But the Bucks have so many guys. I didn't realize how many big names they have for the D-line. And Madama can sue. Um, kind of like a Yoda interior guy, too. You know, just been in the game for so long and just knows the game. Um, so I think, you know, Chris Jones and Frank Clark and then JPP and then Madama can sue. Mm-hmm. Seeing those two guys um, play is just really fun. And um, obviously, you know, we got Tom Brady the GOAT versus uh, Mahomes the, the young GOAT. Yeah, the future GOAT, maybe. So I think it's, it's going to be a crazy game. Yeah. It's going to be a crazy game. Who, who, do you, who do you like in the game? Uh, I just don't know if you can bet against Tom Brady. I know. I don't know. know. But uh, I don't know. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be one of the best Super Bowls in a while. So yeah. Um, I don't know. I just uh, don't know if you can bet against Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I don't know if you can bet against him, but yeah. if there's any team that could beat him, maybe it's Kansas City, exactly. right? Yeah, I, I'm with you. Exactly. Okay, Mason. Let's end off. Let's end off the podcast here with uh, who are some of the the mentors and role models in your life growing up. Um, would 100% have to fill this with my mom. Um, you know, lived with, uh, just her my whole life. Um, she got me into football. Um, but you know, obviously off the field, you know, teaching me things about hard work, leadership and stuff like that. And, um, you know, like I, like I mentioned before, I wasn't with the greatest at school and high school, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, she really like sat me down and helped me get tutors and, um, sports psychologists, stuff like that. So, um, you know, really showed me she cared, you know, obviously paying for about 13, 14 years of football, you know, football equipment, going on trips, playing for provincial teams. Um, you know, I'm just really grateful that she was uh, able to give me that opportunity. Um, and to this day, you know, um, she didn't even have a college degree, and now she's, like, at the top of her um, work right now for the position. So, you know, I think just hard, hard work and dedication is one thing she's really taught me, um, which can try and transition to football and school and, you know, off the field things now too. So, um, definitely number one mentor, my mom. Um, I don't think I don't think a second person could even compare. So, really thankful for her. Oh, that's so that's so great to give back. Thanks to your mom, and you're right. She's been there from day one and taking care of you and yeah. done a great job raising you. So, you know, Mason, I want to yeah. I want to thank you for being on today. It was awesome to get uh, a different perspective, a defensive perspective, and talk to an up and coming player that I uh, was fortunate to coach way back when. So, again, I want to thank you for being on. I hope you enjoyed your time. 
And uh, appreciate it. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, no problem. I also want to thank the people that are listening. The the community has has been given lots of positive support, and I'm really appreciating that. And uh, it's awesome to have great guests on here, like we do today with Mason, to uh, to have conversations like this and talk about football and the football life. So again, man, thanks again. Have a great night, and you take care of yourself. I appreciate it. Yeah, take care.